So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great returning guest, Karen Briscoe, award-winning and best-selling author of Real Estate in Five Minutes a Day, has, which is she's been on here twice before, but she's got some new and exciting stuff that we're going to talk about with her team and uh, get an update from her on things. And, and anyways, we're going to find out how she is doing so well in McLean, Virginia, uh, where she's a full-time uh, agent there and uh, with a rocking team and everything else. So uh, anyways, without further ado, Karen, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat, it's always a pleasure. You are really have been one of my mentors in the real estate business ever since I met you when I read your book and heard you speak on, on uh, you know, the seven steps to six figures or six steps to seven figures. Which one is it? Six <laughs> steps to seven steps. figures. We'll yeah, we all want seven figures. Six steps to seven figures, right. Yes, yes. And that six was inspirational. Change, right? Yeah, that, anybody could do that. Well, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be in the business, right? Well, good. Well, listen. Okay, cool. So let, let's talk a little about, what, first of all, what's going on in your world? How, how are book sales uh, with real estate in five minutes a day? Well, so the audio version came out toward the end of 2017, which was very exciting because it allows people then to listen because some people, you know, are auditory uh, folks. And so it allows them to listen to the one, you know, in less than five minutes, listen to their one tip on lead generation or consulting or building a business or a success principle and so that's exciting and then right at the end of 2016 or 2017 gosh which year are we on um launched the book (laughs) now we're on 18 but at the end of last year this uh uh committee at leads because it all starts with the lead right pat yeah you have to have a lead for everything it's directly proportional to the number of buyers or number of sellers directly proportional number of sales directly proportional number of settlements so for sure. Absolutely. It all starts with the lead. And so the great thing about this is it's it's a 66-day challenge. So there's a lot of studies, research has been done on habit formation and 66 days as being one of the key metrics that is, is proclaimed in a lot of research. And so we took uh, 66 tips, strategy stories, and created this uh, great little handbook. So if you just want to jumpstart your business and um, like you said, we all started with a lead. So that's how we, why we came lead. out with that. It's all about the lead. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about your leads. First of all, tell me about your business there in McLean, Virginia. Like how many houses did you sell last year? Well, so we are pretty 
typically at about 100 a year. And so we, we have a price point of around 750, 800,000. We're kind of in the higher, you know, brackets uh, being in McLean, right outside of Washington, D.C., metro area, even though uh, we do do all price ranges, but it does tend to average out about that. So uh, we're running steady, you know, year after year. And I'd say, you know, that's one of the signs of being a pro, right? I mean, what it wonder does it once and a pro does it, you know, over and over again, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and uh, so what's your uh, ego commission income on that, Karen? What's your uh, total gross there? Oh, well, the grosses is running in the close to two million. Two million dollars ECI. And then what, what's your net profit on that? Well, it's about a, about a 50-50. You know, we All have right. a lot of expenses. So you pull a million dollars out of that thing net. Yes. Well, that's it. That's what we call it. Why we call it a million dollar millionaire real estate agent. Yeah, million, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So, so, okay. So how many years you've been doing that, do you think? So residential, I started in 2002. So last year, um, you know, put me at 15 years. I had done commercial before. So the- uh, hmm, That's the, interesting. So you went from business. commercial to residential. Yes. Well, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often. I was in commercial right out of college and did residential lot development actually for a developer in Texas, uh, Tremel Crow. And I love development, um, but my husband's career moved us to the D.C. area and then stayed home and raised our children for predominantly as the primary caregiver for a number of years. When I went to enter the workforce in 2001, I did go back to commercial and I went to the Staubach company, had the Nextel account and did the sales engineering and warehouse offices. And to be quite honest, Pat, I found it to be very boring. I mean... Really? You've seen one sales engineering warehouse office? I mean, I'm telling you, you've seen them all. Yeah, well, I mean, some people love uh, commercial because it is more analytical and unemotional. And some people love residential because it is more, you know, dramatic and, and more, you know, more excitement. Obviously. Well, more relationship driven. More relationship. Yeah, right. Yes, more yes. And, and that is what I found, the component that I have, you know, putting the two together. And, you know, I've kind of ch chatted about that before. You know, you could call it the hard and the soft side, or you could say, um, you know, the the hmm. left and the right brain or whatever. Yeah. But I like the combination. I, you know, the the beauty of being in residential is you do get involved in people's lives. Now, sometimes people's lives are complicated and they're messy. And a lot of times it happens when they're buying and selling real estate. Because I'm sure you've heard of the, the I call it the stressometer, but the there's a chart that has the rankings of stress. And so death, divorce, even positive stress, like having children, um, or positive things. Yeah, often. I think I mean, yeah. you're stressed no matter right, what. Um, right, yeah. And, but those are often when people are buying and selling a home and even buying and selling a home is on that and moving is on that. And so it gives us an opportunity to get in relationship with people and help them at it and, you know, with a critical decision. And so that's the one thing I found. So I, I really found, felt like when I entered residential and also was successful pretty quickly, but I found that I really enjoyed the relationship aspect to it. That is so cool. Now, tell me about the market now in Northern Virginia. You're real close to Washington, D.C. Uh, what's your market like? Buyer's market, seller's market? What are you dealing with? Well, so I call it a tale of two markets, Pat, Whoa. because it has to do with uh, price point a lot. So in the, what I, uh, is the lower brackets for our area, so the conforming loan amount, um, those 
price points are selling very quickly. It's very much a robust seller's market because uh, there's just more buyers. I mean, we have, you know, 75% of the market is that. So, you know, you have more people that are capable. And then the, the overall year, I just did the stats for 2017, is up year over year over 2016 by 11%. And okay, wait a minute, what does that mean? The number in of- In terms of number of transactions. See, so that's, I, that's the key metric there is number of, number of transactions, right? All the, S, the rest is BS because you don't know when, the, when they throw in builders and stuff like that that kind of start from day one at X price, you know, it throws off the average sale price whether houses are actually rising in value or not, you know? And so, so the real number is the number of units and if the number of units is up by 12%, that's huge. It is. And I also use a benchmark here because our peak market years were, in terms of number of sales, which I think it was across the board, was the 0506 years, right? And so then yeah. 07 started to soften. Mm. And then 08 was the year of the crash. 09 was another year of correction. Interestingly enough, using the benchmark here of a decade ago, which was 2007 compared to 2017 closed out it was actually 2017 was up 30% so that is a key metric wait a minute so you're up 30% unit number wise. Of sales. yes well what about 12 years ago do you know that number you know or like if, if you, you made it against 20, 2005 oh, it's yeah, definitely not seven up was there down yet. Yeah, we're definitely not up there. So You're definitely not to that no, level again. We're not. And I, I that, don't that was a crazy level. And four, I four and five to me were like just buck wild as far as, you know, transactional. And I actually am not sure that's ever gonna happen again. I mean, I do think it was a market anomaly because if you look at the data, uh, what we have goes all the way back forty years. And so if you look back all the data over forty years, we in this market area we had five years double-digit appreciation, and that it's truly not sustainable because there was only a couple of other indication uh, times where we had a two-year and a three-year, but never five, and two of those years were 20% uh, plus. So it really wasn't sustainable, and I think anybody who was you know, rational recognized that. But the good news is, is that our, our market is not experiencing what it did when it went through that because at that time it it was the, for our area, the buildup of Homeland Security and easy lending and all those things that are more not, not as sustainable. And so- Wait I think a minute, slow it down. So, okay. So, you know, you had this, you've had this buildup of Homeland Security as you have with a lot of federal government uh, contracted agencies um, throughout the DC area, right? Yes. The FBI, the CIA, the, 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 NSA, all that stuff, right? You're seeing now a slowdown in that buildup, a shrinkage of government, or would you, you know, we're pulling out, we've pulled out of our wars. What, I mean, what, tell me about what you're seeing in, in the future based on what the government is doing. Well, this is, and I'm really not a political commentator, so I'm not going to really get into that. What no, I yeah. saw from the real estate market is, is that we had a lot of people moving into the area and 9-11 was what triggered it. And then the response of the lending environment to be very, you know, friendly to, you know, homeownership. And so there were a lot of people that were getting into <laughs> buying homes that probably well, looking back, shouldn't have been, right? That's why we had the crash. I mean, I had somebody ask me one time, well, I want to buy a house, you know, 
in 2000, like 2009, when it was crashing, when you could get a short sale or foreclosure, I'm like, well, we would have to have a run up to have a crash. So I would rather just have more normal markets or sustainable, steady growth than to have a run up to then have to have a crash. I mean, roller coasters or not. Or 11% increase in transactions. It's is good. I hate to tell it's, you that. It, no, it's strong. And, and whenever you start seeing double digit appreciation, which is our first time in, well, there was only is it one more expensive to buy a house like if, if i bought a house in 2006 can i sell that same exact house that i bought in 2006 for more, more money well that goes back to the tale of two markets so where it changes it shifts is when you get into the upper brackets and with the new tax reform uh i think the upper brackets are going to have more correcting so why? why because you can leverage you can't leverage as much so when you go from a million dollar as being What do you a, mean you can't leverage as much? Okay, well so when somebody takes out a mortgage for a million dollars before mm -hmm. they could write off interest yep. expense up to a million dollars. Yep. Now that with the new tax legislation that's out, the way I understand it is that you can only write off up to seven hundred fifty thousand. So you've lost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of leverage. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Now, in real numbers, and I think your taxes are, are capped. Like correct, your, your, your property taxes. What is that? Ten thousand. Yeah. So in high so shit, if you buy a house for two million dollars, your property taxes are what twenty five grand a year over Probably. there. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's at least so you got ten to twelve for a million. Yeah. That that are that's no longer tax deductible. Yes. So, you know, the real, I think that is where we're going to see some softening or some correcting or some compression, if you will, because I, if you ask me in 06, would you be able to, you know, did you sell in, you know, 2017 for the same? If you were under a million dollars, you probably sold it for more or paid more. If you're over a million dollars, many of those markets are still not back up to peak levels. And I don't anticipate appreciation occurring because of the most recent tax reform. Ever? Well, I mean, ever is a long time. No, I, I just mean well, in the I mean, near if future. I bought a house in 2006 for $2 million. It's 11 years, 12 years later. 12 years later. Let's say it's worth one eight, right? 
and I call you and say, Karen, if I rate, you know, am I ever going to be able to sell this for three million or two and a half million, or should I just sell it now because this is probably the most I'll ever get? What would you say? Well, I would say that you should buy and sell houses that you're living in because that's where you want to live and that's what works for your family. And so to consider it as an investment or to be making money on it is not really um, what I think is the purpose of housing, uh, residential housing. So that would be my first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is, is that it takes a lot longer. It, it, you get into what I call the law of large numbers. It just takes a lot longer for upper brackets to recover. And a, a couple of things happen along the way. One is in our area, we're having a lot of infill. So they're tearing down older homes use, because the land is more valuable than the house and they're building new homes. Mm-hmm. And in as long as there's new product coming on the market, it's just like the new car smell, right? People would rather have new than they yes. would a 20-year-old home that's got tired bathrooms and, you know, dated kitchen and the floor plan isn't, you know, up to modern. And so what happens is, is they're competing against new. And unless the seller or homeowner has been very proactive and consistently been updating and keeping their home uh, up to market standards, they, they probably will at the very best case break even um, in the upper brackets. So it, it's a completely different, again, market as you shift to the, the gov- Is the governments, whether it's county government, city government, uh, you know, state, is, is anybody getting their fingers in there and and trying to limit the infills well in our market yes i mean there certainly are uh requirements that the builder has to make in terms of um you know the height restrictions and the the area of the lot land that they use for impervious or you know the buildable uh, footprint and you know any kind of driveways and that kind of thing that takes up yeah so there's uh, things they got to go through yes they do that they're not putting a stop to it no i mean if you think about it from a a county perspective i mean if you build a more expensive home then you can uh tax it higher collect more taxes so right so that is they don't do it yeah right at some point the the thing is is there's a demand for it right so as long as there's a demand right? right and builders are in the business of building homes and they inside the Beltway or the closer to a city center you are. I mean, that's why you see gentrification. That's why you see, you know, any redevelopment is because there's a demand. I think there's more of a push towards, you know, urban, the whole walkability, the more, more work life, you know, play kind of location than the suburban. I, I really think that the suburban has changed over the last 20 to 25 years. And we have a, some areas of our market and I don't think we're unique in this way that uh, aren't as in demand because they're on larger lots require more maintenance and and we have the other thing we have happening Patrick Pat is this demographic shift so tell me about that well so the baby boomers those that were in you know born after uh, World War II 50s 60s um, early you know I guess we'll say yeah, 50s, 1965 60s. plus yeah 
Right. So those folks are retiring or hitting those ages where they're doing the downsize, right size. They, they don't need the big home anymore that they raised their family on. Many of them want the urban lifestyle. That's what you know I'm seeing. And then the next demographic down, the generation Xers, there's about 10 million less of them. So even if every single one of them wanted to buy one of the baby boomers big houses, there's not enough. Hmm, that's okay. Yeah. And then the next generation, the millennials, they're actually about 10 million more than the baby boomers. So that's where our tsunami is coming from. I mean, when our market, when they start buying real estate, and, is, and they are, I have two millennials in my life, and both my children have bought houses because they mother real estate. So they should course, buy right? houses. Yeah. But as they buy real estate, but they're not buying an upper bracket home. Mm. I mean, unless you you know, you have a random tech you know prodigy, but as a general rule, they're not ready to buy the upper bracket home, and I don't think they want the upper bracket home. I don't think they want the large home on the large lot. At least as of right now, that's what they're saying. So we have a long time before we get to them, and so we have this you know kind of a double force happening at the same time. We have too much of the larger home upper bracket product relative to demand and then we have less people to buy them and then and so it, it I, I see long term that the possibility of appreciation is pretty low okay so what are you doing now to get those homes sold because it, you know here's a funny situation right there's all these people that they know at work and that they communicate with and they're like, oh, I sold my house in three hours, had 15 showings, right? You know, of course the house was, was selling, you know, for an average sale price, right? But then they have an upper end house, three times the price of their coworker and they put it on the market. Nobody looks at it. Like, how do you, as their agent, what, how are you handling that? What are you using uh, in case anyone else out there is experiencing the same thing? Well, a lot of empathy. <laughs> um, feel felt found. Uh, we're very honest with them, even at the listing appointment, almost to the point that sometimes they think we don't want the business. I mean, I, I, I err on, this, on those listings. I err on the side of being very conservative because what I found is, is that if I am opt, you know, too optimistic, then it doesn't happen and then they're mad at me, right? When in fact, it's the market. Yeah, I think I, I had an agent on the show that said, you, you know, I asked her if there was a, some sort of special script that she uses to deal with sellers in a situation like this. And she said, no, I just, essentially what she said is, no, I just give them a price that they don't like. <laughs> and then they don't use me. You know what I mean? Like, instead of going through some arduous process with them that could take months and it may not sell at all. And instead of getting them mad at her for over-promising and under-delivering and, and this, that, and the other thing, she just really politely gives them really realistically what it's going to take to sell, like the neighbors or like the other people in the zip code that are a, a third of the cost, and meaning that fast, right? If everyone's selling in 30 days, she gives them a 30-day price. Then if they don't list with her, then they don't 
then she's okay with it. I mean, what what do you, is is that what? Well, you're that's the at? classic first board, second wife, third realtor, right? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're honest with them, and then they go with somebody who gives them that price, and then they come back to you, and they go, okay. You know, you really were honest, and so you know, I guess I would rather be known for my honesty than known for my my puffery. At the same time, though, I mean, I am optimistic person, and I do want to believe that I can achieve the highest dollar. And I tell them that I'm like, well, gosh, don't you think I want to get the most for your house? Because yeah. then I get to tell everybody I got the highest price for your neighborhood or whatever. Yeah, so, and and you hate to publicly say this, but at the end of the day, if you have a luxury property or a couple of really high priced properties, you're going to get buyers in that price range. You can. It, it's not as likely as the, you know, more right. flipping burgers price point. Um, right. They usually have agents or so they're very savvy people. But um, yes, it, it does happen. And and I am predominantly a luxury agent. And so I, I'm just uh, sharing with you some of the things. I do think the script, Feel Felt Found, is a classic. So, you know, I mm. understand how you might feel that that is, you know, what your house should sell for. Other sellers, you know, have felt that way before. Uh, what we have found is this, the market is the market study. You know, we'll, we'll you know, listen to the market. We'll respond accordingly. Those that, that listen to the market are the ones that get their homes sold. And also, um, you know, you can use some other scripting along the lines of, you know, how many showings they should anticipate. Because if the entire market for that price point is six houses, then when you have six showings, you've seen the market. And sometimes <laughs> they don't realize that that six showings may take three or four months, right? Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. um, and so then if you want to be a little bit more uh, expeditious in it, then price has, you know, the biggest impact because price, the whole world finds out about the price. I mean, I can jump up and down in all sorts of ways in terms of marketing and, you know, we could do staging or we could do new photos or whatever, but the price is what gets everybody the hit, you know, the, that hit on their phones or emails or whatever, yeah, right? The ding. It makes price the ding. <laughs> it makes the ding. So I don't want to admit it, but price is, price is everything. And, and especially in a, in a mark in a slower market, right? Which and, in the higher end it is, you know. And there could be a strategy as well as to being priced the best, you know, on the market. So you're the next one that sells. I mean, some people can stomach that where they're like, you know, I'm going to price it right at market instead of trying to, you know, leave room for negotiations. And that can create some, even in the upper brackets, I've had it happen where, you know, that if it's priced really well, the market recognizes that and responds accordingly. So As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999.
I really wonder, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Tell me what you think about this. I, you know, you know, every year that goes by, the Zillow's estimate, uh, the Redfin algorithms, the, the pricing, the online public pricing of houses gets better and better and better. They just hone the skills. Millions of dollars go into how to price a house, right? I wonder if someday you're going to have pricing online that's just pretty close to dead on, right? Like, like you, like you could just go online for free and figure out what your pricing is. And then you really won't need an agent to come and, and give you their dog and pony show. You could do it all online and agents will bid on the listing just like lenders bid for your business on LendingTree.com, right? The same way, you know, or, or I use 99designs for, for um, any design work. I've used it like six times and I say what I want and I have like 30 bidders go up there and bid on making me a design. And I do the same thing for Upworks um, where I, I need someone to create a project or do a project and have all these people bidding on it. I just wonder if the agents, real estate agents, listing agents will just be bidding on, oh, I'll do it for X commission and I'll, I'll advertise you here, here, and here. I'll do it for Y commission, advertise you here, here, and here. You do a bid online and the price is the price. You know, right now, we've as agents have always had the ability to get the seller to believe that if they interview three different agents, they're going to get three different prices. And I just wonder if that's going to go away. Well, that's interesting because I, when I ask people about other agents that they've interviewed, uh, I frequently get, you know, maybe ranges, but I very, I don't know if I get the exact same thing. I think that it, the more the product property is a commodity, then the more accurate Zillow the prices, be, right? So right. In, a, so, in a seller's market, because a house sold next door that's exact same builder, exact same model within the last 30 days, probably. It's pretty accurate. I would like to think, though, that there's a lot of services that real estate agents offer other than I know, pricing. I, I mean, I'm generalizing, but it's a There's a, a lot of negotiation <laughs> skills that go into the contract and just managing the process. For You're just protecting your commission now, right? Ah, well, of course I am because I do believe it, Pat, because, you know, really, if, uh, if it was true, or, you know, I'm just projecting out as the way you said, if it was true that it was all about the price, then why do some agents get stronger prices than other agents? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. And I, and I, and I'm just throwing that out there for debate purposes, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, and, and I, it, it's just interesting. It's just an interesting thing and, and to watch, but let, let's flip gears for a minute. Yes. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about the price range. It is hot. Your sweet spot, right? Your sweet spot seller's market, you have limited listings. What are you and your team doing now to get listings? So one thing I'm really excited about right now is re-evaluate. Have you heard about that? No. Okay, so it's uh, predictive analytics. And it's predictive analytics for my own list. So it's... Okay, so, uh, so is this a service you pay for? Yes, what, uh, if someone listening wants to go there, what is it? Reevaluate.com or? Correct. That should Re be evaluate. Uh-huh. It's okay. the word evaluate with an R in front of it. Okay. Reevaluate. There you go. And it's in Colorado. So I 
I visited with Chris Dreyer on my own podcast, Five Minute Success, and so I became one of his test cases. And the fascinating thing about it is, is that you know I have always been kind of doing my own predictive analytics. You know, I I see when somebody's you know young adults are leaving off for college or graduating from college or the baby comes you know into the fam is announced on Facebook or uh, you know these indicators of when people are likely to make a move or consider making a move the interesting thing about the the predictive analytics of it is is that first of all you know, I can only watch Facebook so much, right? I mean, the predictive analytics is watching it all the time. So wait and, a minute. So they, they're going into Facebook. Well, I'm not quite sure where they get it. They don't tell us how they determine. Secret recipe. Yeah, there's secret recipe. But let's recipe. just say it's Facebook. Let's say it's Facebook. It's everything. Let's say, it's yeah. everything it's Amazon. Public. It's, you know, it's, it's the way they, their behavior is. And you have to have their email address. And so that's, I for whatever, however way they, con, uh, find out this information, but they do. But the fascinating thing is, is that it has put, I'm sure you heard of, you know, Wayne Gretzky's quote yeah. to go where the puck is going. Okay. Yes. So where is the puck going in my business is, you know, who are the ones that are going to be moving mm. and to get in their trajectory before they really start making real estate decisions mm. and making sure that I'm staying in touch with them. And I were, you know, we have, quite a few ways that we stay in touch with past clients and our sphere and our market area. But this is a more in their pathway. And I found it to be really a phenomenal way of reconnecting um, and reaching out to our, again, our sphere of past clients, the folks that we have in our database. And it's very um, compelling when you get that, you know, it's kind of like the dig, you know, you, you get that lead coming in, but it's not a lead that you're, paying for that it's from a lead service it's actually your yeah. own someone you know yeah so so you don't like miss it and be like Damn, uh, you know how come they didn't list with me so so just to just to paint a clear picture you give them a list let's say you've got you know let's just say you got 500 emails you give them 500 emails and they're going to tell you what the top 20 percent the top 100 or the top so they give you a percentage of the move score so if somebody has an 80% plus move score, they're likely to be moving, you know, within a certain period of time. I'm not quite sure what it is. That's pretty cool. So, yes. so then you go through your list and you call everybody. Obviously, if someone has a nine or 10, right, right you're, call, you're, pick, you're calling them like that day. Um, eight, seven, six, you're just, you're just calling them by score, knocking the tens first and the nines and the eights and the sevens. And just checking in. Hey, you doing? Yes. And the fascinating thing is, is you know, I kind of can do my own predictive analytics because, like, I know who's got kids that are a certain age and where they may be on the, the you know, what I call the, the bell curve of, you know, the life cycle of housing, wherever they are on it. But this is, um, you know, I, I've been proactive about staying in my clients, but this is much more purposeful about being in that trajectory. It's the best way I can describe it. And so we have really seen a great response. We we don't tell them we're doing predictive analytics on them, but we we just say, you know, I was just touching base because I was thinking about you. You know, I saw that, you know, John and Courtney got engaged and just wondering if, you know, maybe they're thinking about making a move and how could we help or is it 
you know, you're all considering downsizing. You can have a real estate conversation while at the same time checking in with them. And it really has increased our lead generation in a, in a very new and unique way. Yeah, and I imagine, you know, also it gives you some sort of confidence level. That is so true. That is a, that is a really good um, point to make because, you know, before I would be reaching out to people thinking, okay, well, you probably are in that trajectory, but now I know they're in that trajectory. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I feel like- It's sort of like someone giving you a, um, like an inside scoop, like shh, shh, shh. Mary and, and, and Joe are getting divorced. Don't tell them I told you, but you should call them. And so when you call them, you know, you feel so much stronger about, you know, the call where if you just called them out of the blue and you didn't know they were getting divorced, you'd be all, you know, not in your stomach and, you know, you wouldn't want, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just like, oh, sh you know, they're, they're an eight. <laughs> you know, I need to, I need to be reaching out. And again, it creates an urgency on my part because when it's, when, you know, a lead hits my inbox, I'm like going, oh my gosh, that person moved up in their move score. I need to be, you oh, know. does it do that? Does yes. It oh yeah. It'll, it'll tell you when it's going to towards, you know, a higher move score. It really? Will, yes. Oh yeah. So you'll, you, you know, you could get the same one several times. So what does it cost to get this service? You know, it's a, per number of of emails and it's per i think it's a per month fee but i awesome. i i have found it to be really again because i am predominantly the the type of agent who works from my sphere and past clients and referrals it has increased that which is my sweet spot of my business so it has increased that um segment of my business yeah never have to worry about your you know a past client using another agent again. You yeah, know. you shouldn't have to because you, you're touching them at the right, you know, point in there where they are in the process. Yeah. And somebody like you, you know, I mean, you've got past clients galore. So, you know, for you to be able to keep track of them all and try to guess who, you know, I mean, some of these people, you probably sold houses to 20 years ago, you know? Well, that's a challenge. I mean, it, it really is true. I uh, the the challenge with that is is that twenty years ago they didn't have email addresses. So <laughs> you re it really is also impressed upon me, Pat, how important it is to have a very clean database um, that has come out. And then the other thing that has come out of this is that I think you know I've talked about this is we have a charity event we do on a monthly basis, uh, dinner, and we've been collecting email addresses and addresses all this time. And we send them some marketing pieces. Um, but this is really a new way we can touch them because now that we have their email addresses, we actually find out when they're in the move trajectory. And so that is another segment we're going after. Um, whereas before we were just, and, and we still do the charity events because we want to get back to our community and we live here and we work here, but we have found a way to make a real estate opportunity out of the of that so that's another aspect that i didn't think about at the time but has has come forth in the last six months to a year i love that one i love that one and guys i'm going to put that on hybendigital.com backslash karen briscoe and the number three that's karen briscoe oe is how you finish briscoe um uh, and the number three because this is her third time on the show and karen as you know everybody that comes on the show uh, brings with them a free gift. Uh, and what we do with this gift is we put it on your show notes, which I just mentioned. 
um, which I will do along with the evaluate link. And I will also put it in the agent success toolbox on Rebus University, which is at uh, hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or call uh, or text 444-999 and put in the word toolbox. So you had said you're going to give everybody a five-minute success quick start. Tell me what that is. Well, so the the book, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, which is how you and I reconnected when I wanted to chat with you about writing this book that I had this idea. So it's designed to be a daily reader, and that means that every day you invest five minutes to your success with a takeaway. So the quick start will get you jump started into it. And we found that when people, you know, build the habit of reading and uh, that they are, you know, readers are leaders. And also you've uh, shared that in your book and, and messages as well. So to, to invest in your personal and business development every day, and this will uh, get you started on that. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, look forward to reading that myself. So I'm going to put all of Karen's information in her show notes and uh, I'll put links to both of her books in there as well. And uh, Karen, listen, thanks for coming on. And next time I'm up in uh, McLean, Virginia area, I will look you up and we'll break some bread. Let's do that. And here's to your success, Pat. Thanks, Karen. This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.